over for Mike Perini. Yeah. He's showing up today. And uh, words of wisdom from Joe. Every moment of every day is really uh, Mother Earth Day. Yes, it is. Yeah, that was. I like that. All right. Looking forward to seeing you all next week. Renegade Solutions is a White Buffalo Woman production. It is engineered by Carl the Fish for Ali Transboy Bratton <laughs> and Joe Riley Spirit Boy. Thanks so much. Remember, we are all related. Mitakuye. Oh, yes. Peace. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's said Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And today we're going to talk about a special kind of food called pork. This is congressional pork, as a matter of fact. And we all hear about it once a year. People get together and they gather the biggest examples of congressional pork. But maybe we're going to try to take a little different, uh, a sort of a side dish approach to the pork today and, and see how it turns out. First of all, let's hear an example of some politicians uh, putting some laws together. Let's just listen a moment here and see if you can understand their special language that speaks directly to you and me. I think I hear Trent Lott and... Um, Strom Thurmond? Do that again. I think that was Strom Thurmond. Anyway, this is an example of politicians communicating in a way that's completely accessible to you and me. Now, here's the deal. I uh, just found out about this book called The Pig Book, and it's a food show. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a food show. Did I say that? So, Pig Book. It's a it's a pink book with a picture of a, a drawing, really, of a pig on it, and it is put together by Citizens Against Government Waste. And I thought we should talk about that today, you and I. But first of all, a little bit of music to get us in the mood. Smack your chops. Have you seen the little piggies crawling in the dirt? And for all the little piggies, life is getting worse. Always having dirt to play around in. Have you seen the bigger piggies 
George Harrison just say one more time. I think he did very quietly because that last uh, bit we aired from the politicians speaking, you know, we heard Strong Thurman saying, do that again. So it's a, uh, here it is all over again. It's it, The theme today is doing it all over again. And there they go again. That's the whole idea. The Citizens Against Government Waste have released a book called Pig Book, which is about corporate waste, about uh, pork, about Pork barrel politics and all that kind of stuff. What is pork? How is it defined? Generally, it's defined as, well, you, you see, you're a politician and you you have this 40, 40, uh, 40, it's 47, 47 trillion dollar budget bill, and you sneak in a little four billion dollar uh, sideline or maybe four million uh, for something that benefits you or your constituents or your personal uh, interests. And, uh, well, it gets kind of complicated after that because not all of it seems to be really all that offensive, and yet these people are very offended. Well, let's hear what the Citizens Against Government Waste have to say about these items. No, first, let me tell you some of the items. Okay. Looking on these, this the website the thing here, it mentions several categories here, including pork chops, including $500,000 for a teapot museum in North Carolina, $500,000 for the Missouri Soybean Association, and $100,000 for a boxing club near Las Vegas. These are examples of some of the things that are called pork barrel spending by these folks. Teapot museum, though, that really got my attention. Teapots. I mean, teapots are cool. So I went looking for this teapot museum, and I found what it is. And no, it is not in Teaneck, New Jersey. Actually, it is in Sparta, North Carolina. The Teapot Museum consists of 6,000 teapots. And if you look on their website at the Sparta Teapot Museum, that is spartateapotmuseum.org. It is a nonprofit. Lots of funky and multicolored and funny-shaped teapots and some very ordinary ones and some very... uh, lacy, doily kind of things, you know what I'm saying? But 6,000 teapots. Now, it says here that a half a million dollars from our money, your money and mine, goes to the Teapot Museum in Sparta, North Carolina. So we should all go there and actually look at these teapots. The thing about it is it's a little misleading to say half a million dollars. It kind of makes it sound like, okay, half a million dollars, they, they decided to take this money and go out and buy a bunch of teapots from rummage sales, and then they decided to build a building with that money, and it's all from taxpayers. Actually, the fact is, half a million dollars does go to the Teapot Museum, but actually, it's a total of $10 million that they're trying to raise. Half a million dollars of that is seed money to raise all the rest of the money. So a lot of it, most of it is coming from the public and maybe from corporations. So a lot of it coming from private money and such. So it's a little misleading to say it's all for that, but I just wanted you to know. Meanwhile, uh, under the category of pork sausage on this website, this tcpalm.com website, as a matter of fact, pork sausage, $13.5 million for the International Fund for Ireland, which doesn't sound so bad. Then they add, they helped finance the World Toilet Summit. I love it, I do. $500,000 for fruit and berry crop trials for rural villages in Alaska. Now, fruit and berry crop trials for rural villages in Alaska. It's food, and it's feeding people in rural villages who may need it. But that's, uh, I guess the argument people have is that it's not actually directly benefiting me here in Ann Arbor as I'm sitting here in the studio. But that's what they call pork, and I want to 
want just want you to hear something about what the Citizens Against Government Waste has to say. In addition to the recent lobbying scandal, hurricanes Katrina and Rita have magnified the need for prioritizing federal spending. If the federal government is to pay for the reconstruction of the Gulf Coast, it should do so without going further into debt. By passing pork-laden appropriations bills and by not vetoing a single spending bill, Congress and the President of the United States have respectively failed the American taxpayer. While the ramifications of these failures may not be completely visible today, they surely will be when future generations will be strangled with increasing debt. That sounds really uncomfortable, strangled with increasing debt. I mean, ouch. All of the items in the Congressional Pig Book Summary meet at least one of these seven criteria, but most of them satisfy at least two. These were items were requested by only one Chamber of Commerce, or not specifically authorized, or not competitively awarded, not requested by the President, or greatly exceeds the President's budget request or the previous year's funding, not the subject of congressional hearings, or serves only a local or special interest. And there's the, those magic words, special interest, again. I think we need to lighten up a little from big words like special interest and hear some Bessie Smith. Yeah. 
I hear the sound of uh, the president calling me personally. Um, George, George, can you call back later? Um, I got to do a show right now, and we're talking about. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like the phone is ringing off the hook. Um, people are actually asking all about this uh, congressional. This is a Pandora's lunchbox. Whew, that was close. Pandora's lunchbox. We just heard "Give Me a Pigfoot." by Bessie Smith, and the subject today is congressional pork. We've been talking about citizens against government waste. They call themselves a nonpartisan federal budget watchdog, this month releasing its annual pig book, detailing about 10,000 projects costing $29 billion in discretionary spending approved in the last budget year. And one of them is this. The water-free urinal, the water-free, okay, this is so special, I have to say it just right. The Water-Free Urinal Conservation Initiative. One million dollars for the Water-Free Urinal Conservation Initiative, added by Representative Vernon Ehlers of Michigan. According to an October 20th, 2005 Congress Daily article, Representative Ehlers wrote a letter to House Defense Appropriations Subcommittee Chairman C.W. Bill Young of Florida requesting this earmark. One million dollars for the water-free urinal conservation initiative. I shouldn't say look, ma, no hands. No, I, I'm not going to say look, ma, no hands. No, that just wouldn't be right. But uh, there it is. The here, here's the deal. You might want to ask yourself, what one million dollars for water-free urinals? Is that a good idea? Well, first of all, you can look on the website of the folks that are doing this. They're called Falcon Water-Free Technologies. I looked this up, and here's the deal. Um, here's what they say: the environmental benefits. Uh, as much as 5% of fresh water consumed is currently used to carry away urine. As much as 5%, and there's not a lot of water in some places of the world. Now, each, each fel- this is getting too much of an advertisement, but we'll stick with the fact that as much as 5% of fresh water consumed is currently used to carry away urine. It's a show about food, right? This is a show about food. And, uh, yes, it is. That's our, wolf. Um, this, 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 this brings up many, many questions, as a matter of fact. Now, it says that these urinals are hygienic as well. They are touch-free, so there is little chance of bacteria transfer possible with manual flush systems. Second, and this is important, since there is no water use, there is no breeding ground for bacteria. Falcon urinals create more pleasant restrooms, and we all want more pleasant restrooms, because they eliminate the ammonia odor caused when urine reacts with water to cause ammonia oxide. No water means no reaction. And I have no reaction to that in specific, Lee, but nevertheless, there it is, $1 million for the uh, Water-Free Urinal Initiative. And something I also want to share with you, on the website of Falcon, there's something very, very special that you may not realize. They say, we go to the ends of the earth to save water. They talk about, well, actually, let me, let me just bring up some music, and maybe I'll just recite it to you, to this music. I think it'll be more appropriate. <laughs> Taj Mahal, an architectural masterpiece. The Taj Mahal men's room, touch-free, water-free, and worry-free, thanks to Falcon Water-Free Technologies. I don't feel so good, but nevertheless, Taj Mahal's men's rooms, the Taj Mahal in India, their men's rooms are... Uh, worry-free because of these guys. And a $1 million grant is a part of that. And if it saves water in a world that needs water, you know, 
It's interesting. Also, another Michigan item in the so-called pork list is a half a million dollars for apple fire blight research in Michigan and New York. According to a website from West Virginia University, fire blight is a destructive bacterial disease of apples and pears that kills blossoms, shoots, limbs, and sometimes entire trees. It's generally common throughout the mid-Atlantic region, although outbreaks are typically very erratic, causing severe losses in some orchards in some years and little or no significant damage in others. So half a million dollars to that. Now, you can decide you know, for yourself whether that's pork or not. Sounds like apples to me. Apples and oranges. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and Arwolf is going to help us to face the music in just a moment. But in the meantime, we're going to have uh, Joni Mitchell help us to face some of the music here. This is an excerpt from Goodbye Pork Pie Hat, which is about Charles Mingus, and it is Joni Mitchell. Oh, dear, that wasn't so good. When Lester took him away We're going to try that again in just a moment, but uh, nonetheless, in the meantime, let's listen to those uh, congressmen again. I think we have Strom Thurmond again up on the deck here to talk about uh, another bill that he's arguing. Here we go. Do that again. Do 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 do. Did you overhear of a wish sandwich? Well, it's the kind of a sandwich that you're supposed to take. Two pieces of bread and wish you had some meat. Do 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 do. That again is Trump Thurmond, alive and well in Congress, arguing his pork bill. Now, without further ado, further than there already was, um, some Joni Mitchell here. Uh, Arwolf has been kind enough to correct me. I'm glad that that he's here to do that because uh, Goodbye Pork Pie Hat, we're going to hear an excerpt from written lyrics by Joni Mitchell to uh, Charles Mingus' tune, but it was about Lester Young. Thank you for correcting me on that, and now we know. Here's an excerpt from that. When Charlie speaks of Lester, you know someone great has gone. The sweetest swinging music man had a porky pig hat on. A bright star in a dark age when the Thank you. 
Resist, couldn't really resist playing just about the whole thing there, but most of it. Joni Mitchell and that is Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. Music by Charles Mingus, lyrics that she added to it, and it's about Lester Young. And she took us there to the Pork Pie Hat Bar. And it's Pandora's Lunchbox. We've been talking about congressional pork, and thank you for tuning in. I've been Mike for a while. And face the music with Arulf in just a moment. In the meantime, just a few thoughts. Easter is coming again. It's funny how that is. We just had one last week, but there's another one coming. The Orthodox Easter is on the 23rd. Now, this you should know. This from infoplease.com. The formula for Easter, the first Sunday after the first full moon on or after the vernal equinox, is identical for both Western and Orthodox Easters, but the churches base the dates on different calendars. Western churches use the Gregorian calendar, the standard calendar for much of the world, and Orthodox churches use the older Julian calendar. That much is straightforward, 
but actually calculating these dates involves a bewildering array of ecclesiastical moons and pascal full moons, the astronomical equinox, and the fixed equinox. And that's in addition to the different calendar systems. All very exciting. The Western Church does not use the actual or astronomically correct date for the vernal equinox, but a fixed date, March 21st. And by full moon, it does not mean the astronomical full moon, but the ecclesiastical moon, which is based on tables created by the Church. These constructs allow the date of Easter to be calculated in advance, rather than determined by actual astronomical observances, which are naturally less predictable. The division between the Eastern and Western churches has no strong theological basis, but neither is it simply a technical skirmish. As the World Council of Churches has noted, much of the Orthodox Christianity is located in the Middle East, where it has frequently been the minority religion, and in Eastern Europe, where until recently it has faced hostility from communist governments. There's a lot there, but we all like Easter eggs and chocolate, so pretty much we can all get together there. And I'm sorry to say that I missed several fine New Year's. I love New Year's celebrations, but the Thai New Year and the Laotian New Year and the Cambodian New Year recently passed, and I missed them. And I just want to mention a little bit on there. This is from AsianWeek.com. Thailand is probably the only country in the world where New Year is celebrated three times every year, January 1st, the Chinese New Year in February, and the Thai New Year in April. And a little bit on that, this is from the website uh, bbc.co.uk. If you're going to Thailand during the New Year festivities, prepare to get wet. Locals will use anything from water pistols to buckets and empty rubbish bins to soak each other and anyone else in the vicinity. The three-day water-soaking fest is done without malice, as the smiling faces everywhere will attest. The official holiday is marked by all sorts of entertainment, from parades and beauty pageants to singing and dancing in the streets. The water theme is a symbol of cleansing and renewal, and centuries ago the Thai people would delicately sprinkle scented water from silver bowls onto the hands of the elders in their families. They would attend sermons and would gently bathe, bathe the Buddha images in the temples, which would also be spring-cleaned. And the younger members of the family would tie strings around the wrists of elders while wishing them luck. If you had enough family members, you could end up with an arm covered with, spring, with string, which you would have to leave on until they fell off of their own accord. And then they talk about food. Street vendors selling all sorts of Thai delicacies, such as satay sticks, steaming bowls of hot and sour soup, bags of fresh fruits, including mangoes, pawpaws, and pineapples, and sweet pancakes. Nice note to end the program on. Thank you for enjoying the pork earlier on and for enjoying a little bit of Thai food there in Word. I've been Mike. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. And we're going to have our wolf help you face the music in just a moment. But let's bow out with a tune that has no words. There's really no words for this tune, but this is Luther Strong. This is The Hog Went Through the Fence, Yoke and All. This is from a collection, The Music of Kentucky. 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 The music, that ducky, that's just, just, just ducky is what it is. The Music of Kentucky. And here we go.
Thanks, Mike. I feel so much better now. It's 7 o'clock almost exactly, but we're not willing to get more exact than this. Radio Free Ann Arbor, that's us. WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, that's also us. And it's you, too. Thanks for being here. It's time to face the music. Connie Francis will now open our program by performing our national anthem in Yiddish. Shame, be the love. 